0: Welcome to the Planning for the Certainty of Uncertainty podcast with Jonathan Cutten, Private Wealth Advisor, 2019 Barron's Hall of Fame Advisor, awarded to advisors who have, for 10 years, been on one or more of Barron's top 100 financial advisor lists. 2022 Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisor and CEO of Cutten Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. This podcast offers a broad range of financial planning concepts to help you and your loved ones live brilliantly now and into the future. Jonathan will provide you with concepts that bring you confidence, simplicity, and success on your journey to financial and retirement security. Join us as we explore ways to help you feel more assured, connected, and in control of your financial life. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to another Planning for the Certainty of Uncertainty podcast with Jonathan Cutton. Today, I am going to pepper John with questions that I want to see how he feels about, because there have been many articles out there talking about these are questions you should ask a financial advisor. And I want to know from a financial advisor why we should be asking these questions to people like you. So you ready, John?
1: You're gonna pepper me, I might, be a little salt. <laughs> I might be a little salty if you pepper me, Matt, so we'll see. Let's see how this goes.
0: <laughs> this is gonna be fun. All right, so the first question that we that I'd like to know is should you ask an advisor why they're an advisor? I think
1: that's a great question. I mean, what one of the things that we teach our advisors, interestingly enough, is that clients, and again, I want clients to understand this, we actually know believe it or not that most not all some clients know a ton about this stuff but most don't know a ton about financial planning and investments and insurance and so on etc so we really try to teach our advisors to connect with clients from a human perspective and we have a what we call our why story and our why story is is about exactly matt what you're asking which is why have you chosen to be a financial advisor and you go back to my first podcast for those of you who listen to it i talked about my mom and dad claiming bankruptcy and me and my sister really not even knowing it and me deciding that i didn't want to have other people ultimately deal with that level of kind of confusion and being uncomfortable and being scared, quite frankly, and that was my why. So my normal long-winded answer, Matt, of saying, yeah, I think that's an amazing question for a potential prospective client to ask of the advisor that they might be interviewing, I think it's super smart.
0: Our past podcasts, we've talked about a lot of different components. We we talked about the the, the four cornerstones, we've talked about asset allocation, and this next question is, asking your financial advisor, what do they do Exactly, what do you think about that one?
1: The word exactly is a tough, uh, a tough question to, to answer. i I think it's more about the process and I'd say the big picture theory right and there are financial advisors who call like like every profession that come in different shapes and sizes, so there are folks that call themselves financial advisors that are really asset managers. They manage money and they're really good at it and they're good at investments, but they're not the right person to talk about estate planning with, or to talk about life insurance with, or to talk about how much you'll need to save to send Johnny and Susie to college, et cetera. Really asking an advisor what your process is, how you deliver advice to me is a really important question to ask. And what it's like to be a client how often will you be seen what will happen in those meetings will recommendations be in writing and i wouldn't ask all those questions until it was necessity meaning i would just say what's it like to be a client of yours what what exactly can i expect and then see what if any of those things they leave out
0: well, you just stole one of my questions for later in the show. So we might come back to that, John, because I think that's another wonderful question is as a client, what should I expect? What do you as the advisor need for me? How do you, how do you guys handle that?
1: How would I say that to a client is what you're asking. Okay. I'm a little slow today. You're peppering me with these questions. Jeez. Um, so we, we've got a couple of rules in our practice rule. Number one is if someone's going to be a client, they have to be nice. That's a really simple rule. They have to be nice, not just to me, but to our staff and to the advisors and to every single person in the organization, nice people only. The second is it's like going to a doctor. You can't come in to a doctor and go, I'm not feeling well, doc, and give them that blank stare. You have to be able to be open and share. If as a financial advisor, and sometimes it's hard because money is super, for most people, private, and sometimes you can be embarrassed by having too much. Sometimes you can be embarrassed by having too little and be ashamed of decisions that you might have made. So I think you have to be ready to at least, when you choose that advisor, be comfortable enough sharing the full picture. And then my, my last is expectation of a client is that they have realistic expectations. Sometimes clients don't understand if you're going to invest, not save money, you're likely going to have years where you lose money. And clients need to have that temperament and understanding, or at least the ability to learn it so that they have the right expectations, because timing is everything. And if someone became a client in 2007 or right before the 2008 market downturn, Nobody's experience was off; was really good in 2008. But if you were a client beginning in 2003, after the 2002 downturn in the market, from 2003 to 2008, you'd build a lot of confidence in your advisor because your portfolio did well. So timing is really important in having that that appropriate expectation.
0: I don't know if you're going to like this question. And I'm looking at it, I'm thinking to myself, I wonder how you're going to answer. Okay. Do you think that the general public, should ask their advisor what their investment philosophy is?
1: I think they should. Yeah, I I, I do. I think investment philosophy is important. There are folks, again, managing investments. We talked about asset allocation on, I think, the last episode, or maybe it was the one before that. It's not a science. There's not a right or wrong way to do it. I mean, listen, there are, I, I won't name stocks because I can't really do that on the podcast here. But if you put all your money in some stocks 10 years ago, you'd be really rich. Was that the right plan of diversity and risk mitigation? Probably not, but you can't argue with it. Look at the wealthiest people in the world. They're all, they've got wealthy on the company that they founded in most cases. So I don't think managing money is a science, but I do think it's really important that you, as the client, are aligned and understand what it is your advisor's philosophy is and how he or she looks at managing money. And that ha- it has to be something that you don't need to, in my opinion, as the client. I think it's good. The more you know and the deeper you go, the better off you'll be, which is great in some cases. Knowledge is power. But the reality of it is, it's hard to get the same level of knowledge and expertise as someone who's been doing this for 10 or 20 or 30 years that studied it. So I do think understanding the big picture of why do you choose to do things this way and what is the end result that you're trying to get by doing things this way, I think is really helpful and definitely a question that I, I would ask if I was interviewing a financial advisor.
0: Along those lines, something that you have said in almost every podcast is how important it is for your advisors to continue their education. Do you think it's important for prospective clients to ask an advisor what sort of education they've had recently or overall, or do you think that's not cool?
1: I think it's cool. You want to make sure that your advisor is keeping up with what's current. I mean, they're like, i think i mentioned on the last podcast again there are asset classes that didn't exist i mean literally three or five or ten years ago or they weren't mainstream that maybe should be part of your portfolio today and every day there are new products being developed and you've got to make sure uh that you're staying on top of things I mean, i'll just share i won't use names of course but i we, we recently were lucky enough to be chosen as a successor of an advisor who decided to retire in his early 70s, built an amazing practice, had a great clientele, etc. But he operated in the dark ages. I mean, his there were products in that book of business that have been in that client's portfolio for 15, 20 years, that the fees associated with them and the benefits that are now available, were so are so superior today that to your point, Matt, this advisor kind of built his book and had great relationships with his clients and had you know lunch and dinner and played golf and they were buddies and he wasn't knowingly by the way is a great human and was doing what he thought was his very best but the business kind of passed him by because when he was a younger advisor, I presume he was up to date and at conferences and learning and uh, challenging himself. And the last you know, 10 or 15 years, he just kind of coasted and took care of about 75 clients or so. And What's funny, I don't think I've ever had anyone ask me that oh. question, but I think it's a super smart question to ask.
0: You brought up fees, so I have to bring this up, which is, do you think it's important for people to ask how you're paid?
1: Yes, yeah. Full, full transparency, as an as a investor, potential client, as you think about hiring an advisor, you have to understand the fees. Fees impact the growth of the portfolio, like it or not, so you want to make sure that you understand the advisor's fee. It's reasonable, and there's rules of thumb as to reasonability. And assuming it's reasonable, you need to understand, well, what's the value I will receive for that fee. And I I always look at it this way, Matt, I think a financial advisor, in my opinion, should charge separately and distinctly. It is how we do it in our business for their financial planning advice separately from their asset management advice separately. They're two different things. And I think what a lot of advisors do is they say, hey, as an example, my advisory fee is fictitiously 1%, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, but for that 1%, I'll be your financial advisor and do everything. Anything you've got a question, call me, I'm your guy or I'm your gal. That to me becomes muddy, I, I prefer, and believe if I was a consumer, I would want to pay a financial planning fee to have someone give me advice, analyze my situation, help build a portfolio. And then if I so choose to, I may decide to then ask that advisor for a separate fee to manage my portfolio or some portion of it. So I think really important question. And and again, I'm emphasizing that because obviously I, I feel that the fee we, we charge our clients is very valuable. And I think as a consumer, that's what you want to understand is how proactive will you be? What type of research are you doing? How often will we rebalance? What can I rely on you at Mr. and Mrs. Advisor to provide me with? So I understand what's going on in the market. And I know I'm going to roll here, Matt, but I got to keep going. The other piece is, um, The the design of the portfolio, I want to say this, the design of the portfolio is part of what you're paying for in your fee. What you're really paying for, in my opinion, in your fee, it's the design, it's the manager selection, it's the security selection, it's the rebalancing, but most importantly, I think it's the service and it's the advice when things change and being proactive in doing that. We hear a lot today about what's going on with interest rates. Are they going to go up? We hear about inflation rearing its ugly head. Well, what does that mean to your portfolio? And that's something that you should be expecting, not a reactive change in a portfolio after it occurred, but a proactive here's what we're seeing and why we may or may not want to make some tweaks in your portfolio.
0: Gotcha. That was a good role. I liked the role there. That was a nice one. Thank you. Now the next one, I don't know how applicable this is in your world specifically, but I know that it's applicable outside in, I would say this is more applicable in, in North America, not necessarily just in the States, but what about independence being independent? What, what do you, do you think that's a good question?
1: I do. I do. I think you want your advisor to not, not be tied to certain products. You want your advisor's compensation to be aligned to your goals and only your goals, not to a bigger benefit based on the firm that they associate with, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's really important, having our open architecture, the ability to choose the right product and or service for you as the end user, as a client, for sure.
0: What about if you're a dog or a cat person? Do you think they should ask that question?
1: <laughs> well, I'm neither. I have fish, so they get a get the wrong answer for me. I think that's a personality thing. And you know what? I, here's how I would look at that, Matt. If it's important to you to know if I'm a dog or a cat person, I think you should ask. And if my answer is, I like cats, and you hate cats, and really like dogs. Maybe I'm not the right advisor for you. So it's your choice in who you want to work with. The reality of the situation is I'll let you in on something that is said a lot in the financial advisory industry when when advisors are trained. I probably shouldn't share this, but I will because I think it's my goal here is to help you, the listener make good decisions in your own financial life and or make a decision to hire the right financial advisor or choose not to one of the things that i was trained when i started in the industry was that people ultimately don't care how much you know until they know how much you care people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care so this is a personal relationship your advisor is going to know things that no one else knows about your finances they're going to see you in emotional states. When somebody passes away in your family, that's the first call that you might be making, right? If your spouse passes away, if you've got a disability issue, if you've got a financial problem, you name it, the financial advisor becomes really important. So you have to make sure you like that person. You, you want to spend time with them. You can trust them and that they're going to be a confidant in many ways. So. If your dog is a big part of your life or your cat or your fish, and they that's how you bond and something important to you, I'd say there's probably a really competent financial advisor out there that also loves fish. And you might want to spend more time trying to actually find that person that you can ultimately connect with.
0: All right. I had to lighten the, the the mood there just for a minute. That was a great answer. That was great. I didn't know you loved fish. That's awesome,
1: man. I don't really love them anymore, to be honest. They no. eat me. They eat me out of house and home. <laughs> I have to feed them in the cold. Yeah. There's a lot of allergy in my pond, and oh, it's not fun cleaning it, just yeah, so you gotcha. know. All
0: right, all right. All right. My last question to you is really a, more about the client experience. As a consumer, should you be asking... Frequency of meeting, frequency of communication, and and really going back to what is my, what do I need to do to be a good client for you? How about we end with those?
1: Yeah, I think that's good. I think, I actually think you shouldn't have to ask that question. So I, I, I would say, Matt, for most of the questions you asked, other than maybe the pet one, you probably shouldn't have to ask it. A financial advisor that's created the right client experience will proactively tell you, because they'll understand your needs, many of those answers, maybe not all of them, but many of them. And if they're not asking you those things, then you should ask. But if, if I were a consumer and I interviewed three financial advisors and One didn't answer any of my questions until I asked. One answered two or three and I had to ask five or six. And the other answered 75% of them without me asking. What that tells me is the advisor who answered none of them, right? Either isn't really interested in your business or doesn't understand your needs. And the business is built around them, not your experience. And I'd say on the opposite side, the advisor who kind of checked off a lot of those questions has probably thought a lot about how to serve the target market that you're in and what a client is looking for and has built a client-centric client experience around delivering a really valuable experience to the client. kind of a long-winded way to say that, but I think that that's how I would look at it, Matt. The more experienced the advisor, the, the, the more likely that he or she will already know that those are questions that you likely have.
0: All right, my last question for you is this. What would you, what is your number one question that you think people should ask an advisor?
1: Ooh, I like that. I like that. I I would say if I think about what I would ask, say, tell one of my family members to ask is probably around how they help clients really achieve their goals. I would, I would make it around goals and I would focus on tell me how you're going to help me bring my vision to life and say, Matt, my goal, I put a lot of thought into it, my wife and I, we'd like to retire at 62. We'd like to snowbird in Florida. We'd like to take four trips a year. We'd like to spoil our grandchildren, rotten, whatever it may be. How are you going to help me do that? and see see how they answer that question that therein lies in my opinion the key it's not just hey we're the best at performance we'll give you the best service i'd want to actually know what's your process to help me actually bring my vision to life
0: well john thank you for letting me pepper you with all of those questions i appreciate that and i know the audience will too because hearing that from an advisor's perspective is really important because if not these questions just live out in the in the ether and we want to make sure that you are all prepared to be prepared to sit down with an advisor and get the best advice you can get so john thanks for your brain again today
1: you got it thank you matt have a great day
0: please make sure that you Listen to this podcast probably again. I know I haven't said that yet on the show, but this is a great opportunity for you to go back and to check yourself about what you should be talking to your financial services professional about, because if you don't ask the right questions, sometimes those questions or those answers are not going to be volunteered as readily as you want, as John just said. So for John and all of us here, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to the Planning for the Certainty of Uncertainty podcast with Jonathan Cutton, Private Wealth Advisor, 2019 Barron's Hall of Fame Advisor, 2022 Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisor. Cutton Wealth Management offers comprehensive financial advice and a broad range of solutions to help you and your loved ones live brilliantly now and in the future. Have questions? Contact us at Management at AMPF.com or give us a call at 800-455-4595. Don't forget to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast provides general information, is not intended to provide investment advice, and does not account for individual investor circumstances. Investment decisions should always be made based on an investor's specific circumstances. Neither past performance nor any forecast guarantees future results. Investment products are not insured by the FDIC NCUA or any federal agency, are not deposits or obligations of or guaranteed by any financial institution, and involve investment risks, including possible loss of principal and fluctuation in value. Ameriprise Financial does not offer tax or legal advice. Consult your tax advisor or attorney. Ameriprise Financial has not reviewed and does not endorse any other podcast channel or material. Barron's Hall of Fame Advisors have been ranked for 10 or more years on one of the following lists. Barron's Top 100 Financial Advisors, Barron's Top 100 Women Financial Advisors, or Barron's Top 100 Independent Financial Advisors. Barron's generates its ranking from a formulaic analysis of surveys answered by candidates regarding assets, revenue, and quality of practice including an advisor's regulatory and compliance record barons is a registered trademark of dow jones lp all rights reserve this award is not indicative of the advisor's future performance neither ameriprise financial nor its advisors pay a fee to barons in exchange for the ranking the forbes top women best in state women and best in state wealth advisor rankings are developed by shook research and are created using an algorithm that includes both qualitative in-person virtual and telephone due diligence meetings client impact industry experience review of best practices and compliance records and firm nominations and quantitative assets under management and revenue generated for their firm's data Certain awards include a demographic component to qualify. Investment performance is not a criterion because client objectives and risk tolerances vary, and advisors rarely have audited performance reports. These rankings are based on the opinions of Shook Research LLC, are not indicative of future performance or representative of any one client's experience, and are based on data from the previous calendar year. Forbes Magazine and Shook Research do not receive compensation in exchange for placement on the ranking. For more information, www.shookresearch.com. Shook is a registered trademark of Shook Research, LLC. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member, FINRA, and SIPC. Ameriprise Financial Advisors are individually registered to do business only in certain states. Please refer to an advisor's personal website for additional details. Asset allocation does not assure a profit or protect against loss. There are risks associated with fixed income investments, including credit risk, interest rate risk, and prepayment and extension risk. In general, bond prices rise when interest rates fall and vice versa. This effect is usually more pronounced for longer-term securities. Stock investments involve risk, including loss of principle. High-quality stocks may be appropriate for some investment strategies. Ensure that your investment objectives, time horizon, and risk tolerance are aligned with investing in stocks as they can lose value.